the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us in another episode of Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi. And uh, uh, just a reminder, you can always uh, follow us on SoundCloud. And uh, uh, I'm excited to tell you that also you'll find, the, uh, you'll find us now in iTunes, and you need to just search for us at Lettuce Reason. You can visit my new website called SiraInternational.com. Also, uh, search my Facebook, Sira International, and also my Facebook, Al Fadi. Uh, nevertheless, it's through the website. You can always connect with us, and you can email me at CRAM uh, Ministries. That's plural ministries. Sira C I R A. That's the word Sira C I R A Ministries at gmail dot com. And uh, uh, we look forward really to interacting with you. Check the Facebook, by the way. We got great stuff going on. You can watch some of the video teachings, not just my own, but uh, others, and you can listen to many of these wonderful radio programs that we have, and especially something like today, when I will have a continuation of discussion from uh, the uh, first chapter of Romans uh, with my dear brother, Pastor Mark. Uh, Pastor Mark, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me, Al. It's great to be here. Um, What we've been talking about in the last couple of uh, episodes, by the way, is verse-by-verse exposition or exegesis for from the first gospel, uh, first chapter, I should say, of Romans, the epistle that was sent to the church in Rome. And uh, uh, by the grace of God, we've covered so far from verses 1 all the way to verse 15. And last time we ended basically with uh, verse 15, but I want to go back again and uh, do a quick reminder that in verse 13, in the first chapter of Romans, Paul was uh, making a mention to the believers in the Church of Rome that uh, he wants them to be aware of the fact that he is trying and tried many times to come to them, but was hindered or prevented. Until now, he feels like the time is uh, uh, right and the door has been opened. But in, interestingly, that the, the prevention uh, uh, or the hindrances that he's referring to really is not what you and I typically would assume it to be, but uh, many believe he's talking about the fact he is being distracted by preaching the gospel where Christ was not preached. And, and that's a very powerful way, really, to show that Paul, not only he is exhorting the faith of the believers he is writing this letter to, but he is exhibiting what that faith practically means when he is always on the move according to God's will, sharing the gospel where Christ was not shared, so that 
he will begin to see more and more fruit of his labor. And he also called himself a debtor in terms of the fact that he doesn't think he's doing enough. This is Paul, by the way, whom God blessed us by allowing him to write almost half the New Testament. And yet he feels he is indebted to God by not doing enough. What a powerful thing, Pastor Mark. It is. It certainly is. Uh, Verse 14, he says he's under obligation or he's indebted. So for his part, then, in verse 15, he's eager, eager to preach. There's some words I have to underline here uh, as we get started leading up to uh, what I would call the jewel passage of Romans, verses 16 and 17. But he says, I'm eager to preach. Uh, he wasn't just, well, I've got to do this. <laughs> How many times are we afraid maybe to speak up um, in terms of talking to others about our faith in Christ? So he's eager. I love that about Paul. And in that word preach, it means to proclaim. Um, some of the, well, I'm not a preacher, someone might say or might think. But, you know, it just means to proclaim, to tell others what it is that God has done. And it's called the gospel or good news. You know, that was a term that the Romans would have been familiar with. When Caesar had something he wanted to announce to the people, it would come out as a proclamation of the gospel. It was good news from Caesar. And I love that the church hijacked this word, and it's really now what we have from God, the ultimate king, the the, the ultimate Caesar, if you will. Um, He's eager to preach this good news to those who are in Rome. And then we move into verse 16. Let's read verses uh, 16 and 17 first, um, Al. It says, uh, reading from the NASB, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. This is a very powerful passage, by the way. Uh, And Pastor Mark, uh, thank you for joining us today, really, to help us walk through uh, this. And I want you to take all the time you need, even if you want to talk about it word by word, because indeed, there is sermons and books that were written and preached from this passage. There have been many. Uh, It sets the tone, I think, for most of what is going to follow in the book of Romans. So getting our arms firmly around this particular passage, this whole opening session, if you will, hearing Paul's heart, hearing his desire, and hearing what he thinks about this, the gospel that he's out, that's his job every day to proclaim, um, this this passage sets the tone for us. So the first thing I notice, he's eager to preach because he's not ashamed. And I I have to admit, sometimes I, I, I haven't spoken up when maybe I should have. There was a, oh, I don't want to bring that up now. I don't want to bring God up now into the story. But yet, Paul was always eager. And that's the way I want to be. So I want to, I want to write those on my heart. Never, ever be ashamed of this gospel. Um, And that was Paul. He says, I'm not ashamed of the good news. Now, let's talk about the good news for a moment. The... The Bible story, we might think it's, it's this, this long history of what God was doing with the people in Israel, and then we have the church age. We can, get, we can lose sight of the big picture, and the big picture is this. We're messed up. We're sinners. 
we've fallen away from God's uh, grace, from his presence, from a relationship with him, and we're doomed unless God does something and steps in, intervenes, and uh, uh, restores us back to the place he originally intended us to be. And that is the message of the Bible. So the good news is that God has has done this. He's accomplished this. He's brought it about through his son. Jesus came. He lived, lived as a as a as we do as a as a man. He walked around for thirty three years. He through all that time, was obedient to God, to following God's will. We're told, uh, it says that, you know, it's written of me in your book from the Psalms, to do thy will. That was what Jesus did. He was the only man who came and lived as God expected him, doing God's um, desire for humanity. And so this gospel message is that because of what Jesus did, we can be restored. We can now have the relationship with God that uh, God has always wanted for us to have with him. So Paul's not ashamed to let people know about this good news. Now, I love it that it says uh, it's the power of God. We insert that in our English. We, we put the, the article there, the. It's the power of God. I, I can think of times when I've heard people say, Al, they, they say, well, you know, if only I could see the power of God in this situation, or where's God's power in this situation? Paul had an interesting perspective. The power, God's power is in the gospel. And it's not the story, it's the proclamation, it's the preaching, it's the telling of salvation, God's story of salvation to others there's power in that. I don't think we can pass by that too quickly. I don't know how it works, but you know it says in um, it says in Romans, I believe in ten, chapter ten, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the word of God. So as we preach to people, as we proclaim what it is that God has said and done, uh, that brings about faith in people's hearts. Again, what is faith? It's believing that God will do what he said he will do. And what he said he will do is that is that through Jesus, the penalty has been paid. Jesus is the propitiation, we're told. He's the sacrifice that appeases the wrath of God. So Amen. this good news um, is something that, that has great power in it. And we should never be ashamed to go out and just tell people, do you know God does love you? God does have a plan. And if you will believe that he will do what he says, he will save you from great peril, he'll save you. That's what he's waiting for. Is It says in Romans 10, if you call on the name of the Lord, you, you will, will be, be saved. saved. Assurance. That, that's right. That's all he's waiting for. From so many is just is just if you'll call out to me, if you'll ask. Uh, I think you said in uh, last week's episode that God wants his wants people to call on him and to ask him for things. He wants us to to lean on him, and um, that's exactly what he's waiting for. It's <laughs> so much of the time is that we just call, we ask, we lean. The uh, word there in verse 16, it says, it's the power of God for salvation. 
so much of the time when we hear that word, we, we've created a, a theology around salvation, the word salvation. Uh, we talk about soteriology, which is based on the Greek word for to save. And um, all of that being good, but you know what? A simple form, um, if you follow that word through the Old Testament, uh, what, it, what it meant to have God's salvation, it just meant that God would rescue you from great peril. Now, I can think of lots of times in my life when I've needed to be rescued from some peril. Uh, and, and God will do that. And, and the psalmist will talk about that, how maybe he was surrounded by Saul's men trying to capture him. And David would say that, you know, God revealed his salvation. He rescued him from, from uh, so great a peril, if you will. If I may interject here, brother, um, a couple of things, of course, that are very important. Obviously, I want to talk now about evangelism, and especially for my Muslim people. That's my background. And I, uh, we've been hearing a lot of rhetoric uh, in the news lately and uh, some debates over whether should we should allow refugees, uh, we should allow immigrants uh, from both, uh, whether Muslims or non-Muslims. And, you know, um, as believers, uh, we ought not to fall into that trap and engage in those kind of silly discussions, and we ought to really get with the program, God's program. If God is bringing people, and obviously a government has to do its job uh, uh, in terms of securing borders, in terms of uh, vetting uh, process, that's not what I'm here to talk about. I don't want to even get involved in issues like this. But if God allowed certain people to be in my backyard— now what do I do? And that's what we're talking about here, me and Pastor Mark from verse 16, that we ought to not to be ashamed of the gospel, that God is bringing them to our backyard from all nations so that they may be saved. Maybe what? Rescued. Rescued from what? From an eternal damnation. I mean, we ought to look at them as lost souls. We ought to yearn and desire to rescue these Precious souls that sometimes are oblivious to the fact that there is wrath upon them, that they are living in condemnation already, and because no one really told them anything. In fact, here's the interesting thing about this passage. Uh, believe it or not, uh, the Greek doesn't have a definite article before the word uh, basically power. And here is why I'm saying this. If you remember in John 17, 17, the Lord was praying to the Father and says, Your word is truth. He didn't say your word is the truth. He said your word is truth without a definite article, which means the source of truth. The same thing we're seeing here. This gospel is the source of power from God. It is not just a divine power. It is the power of God itself that is imparted upon us. I mean, wow. I mean, I remember always when I go to the gym and, and take some steroids and, uh, and uh, nutritions, and I've always uh, dreamed about the fact that I will be building muscles, and God is saying, no worries, I'll give you evangelistic muscles if you want. It's right here. Chapter uh, uh, 1, verse 16 of Romans. It is the power that I am going to give you. And you don't really have to work out real hard to, uh, to have this power, Ali. It's the proclamation. It's the preaching. It's the telling people the good news. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it works. Sometimes when when I speak to people, their eyes, and I tell them about God's love, their eyes are glossed over and it doesn't seem to have an impact yet. Maybe it will later. But others, when I speak to them, their eyes, they, they get bright. It's like 
a light went off. Something happens inside, and they change. Faith, if you will, is, is birth. There is power from God in the message of how he desires to save us from great peril and rescue us. And here's another thing. Um, if we look at the law in the Old Testament, the law was never called power, by the way. In fact, Jesus Christ in the New Testament is called to be uh, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Yet the law was always called a light, for instance, in Psalm 119, 105, very famous one. We memorize it sometimes. Your word is a lamb to my feet and a light to my path. Proverbs 6, 23, for the commandment is a lamb and the teaching is light. Isaiah 2, 5, come, house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. But yet the gospel is called the power of God. That's very important, by the way. And here's the condition. I really get completely discouraged and disappointed when I hear sometimes people saying that, oh, everybody's saved. You know, Christ died and now everybody's saved. You know, really, we don't need really to invest time in sharing. No, no, no. There is a condition here. For all those who believe. Okay? Only those who believe will receive this power. The death of Christ and the power of the gospel is not just casual. Everybody will receive it whether he believes or not or she believes or not. No, 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 no. It's a precious gift. You ought to work for it. God already did the work. You ought to now to accept that invitation. And what I mean by work, of course, I mean a religious work. What I'm saying, you ought to go and accept it. When you accept it, you'll benefit from it. It's not just power uh, everywhere just for anybody, even if they deny the work of God on the cross. Amen, brother. Before we move on too quickly from verse 16, there's so many things we can just we can just dwell here for a while and rest and think about all that this says and all that God has done. So it's the power of God for salvation or to rescue us from great peril. The, the idea of peril... Uh, so many times people are struggling with the things of life, if you will, and they experience great perils. It could be, it could be a, a wife and, and with children uh, suffering through a bad, abusive marriage situation. It could be um, struggling with paying your bills and the debtors are knocking at the door. Uh, I, I could go on and on. It could be a, a drug addiction. It could be uh, alcohol addiction. There could be all kinds of things that are afflicting if, us, if you will, and are trying to destroy us and bring us down. And it's this idea of being rescued, uh, the ultimate peril that any of us will face, and we don't often think of it this way, but the ultimate peril is death. Death is separation from God. It's it. It's over. We're done. Y yes, there's an eternity in hell for those who do not know um, Christ, but death is really where it ends for us. The struggle, some say, in this life is over, but death is separation. It's the total destruction of what God has made, and it's not what he intended for any of us. So the ultimate idea of salvation is that God would rescue us from death, and that's a future but there's the present. And so much of the time when people, when we preach the good news, when we tell people the good news, they need good news for today. They need good news right now that there are answers in this life that God will step in 
and he will save them. If you call on the name of the Lord, he will save you. So we shouldn't be too quick just to tell people about eternal life, so to speak. We should help people come to understand how God wants to come into their hearts, into their lives, and make a difference today in their life. Bring them out of bad situations and bad times. Amen. Amen. And, you know, Pastor Mark, I want you to uh, also uh, park a little bit on uh, the phrase to Jews first and to Greek. Mm. Well, it's an, it's an interesting one that he felt he needed to do this, but he's been talking about Greeks, barbarians, the wise, the foolish, uh, and even the Jews earlier on. Um, it's as if uh, you, we've always got these... Uh, what do we call it, these, these nationalistic uh, uh, racial kinds of perspectives on life. And don't forget to put so-and-so first. We talked about that a, a week or so ago about, you know, the Romans appeared to be the last ones on Paul's list to go and preach to. And maybe they might have felt they should have been the first because they're in Rome. So we run into this passage here with Jew first and also to the Greek or to the Greek tribes, um, the gospel begins with the Jew. It begins with the promise made to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12, where God told this one man, leave your country, your polytheistic surroundings, go to the place that I will show you, and I will bless you. I will make you into a great nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. So we have a plan that starts to take place. And for that plan to be fulfilled, it begins with the Jew. So the salvation of God isn't through the law, as we talked about. The law is a light, but it doesn't save us. It only shows us really how how miserable and, and what failures we are at trying to keep and do the, the, what God— because I'm selfish. I'm self-centered. I want to do what I want to do, not what God wants me to do. And, you know, Pastor Mark, I'm so thankful for this phrase, by the way, because there are people out there that think the Jews got just a pass into heaven— without having to believe. Oh, no. And here it's very clear that they are in desperate need of the gospel, as well just as, us. as the rest of us. Right. And the reason why I started it with them, because God is faithful to his promises. That's right. It began with Moses, or excuse me, with Abraham, and God kept every every promise he made, he kept. Jesus was an Israelite. Jesus was Jewish. He came, he died, and the message first went out to the Jew. And, you know, they, they, I, I love it in Acts how the, um, the, Jew, the disciples, they lingered in Jerusalem. And really, God wanted the message to go forth. So what happened? A little persecution that scattered the people. They went different places around um, Israel there, and they spread the gospel to Antioch and to other places. It begins... It begins with the Jew. It began with the Jew. It's still for the Jew. And it's also for all the Greek tribes, all the nations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just as God is faithful, uh, we also ought to be faithful to all those around us, and whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Um, it doesn't really matter. God doesn't distinguish. This is, of course, a phrase that is being used. It really... Um, uh, Paul is looking at the world here from the Jewish perspective. The Jews will say there is Jews and there are Gentiles. 
And earlier, he talked about the nations from the Romans' perspective. There is Greeks and there is barbarians, you know. In other words, the gospel is for all, for all people, for all tribes, for all nations, for all tongues. And that's the imagery that we get in the book of Revelations, that one day we will all celebrate this. And, and let's not forget the wise and the foolish. I mean, going to the Greeks, you know, those are the educated people. And I don't think he was talking about Jews. me when he said foolish. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But see, there are the wise and there are the foolish. And you know what? The gospel is for every one of them. We shouldn't pick and choose. We should yeah. go and speak to everyone God brings into our circle. I don't, I don't think you got what I said. You know, I said I wasn't included in the foolish. You know, I was just uh, among the wise people only. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> Well, uh, Pastor Mark, would you join me again to continue this fabulous study? In fact, uh, uh, listeners out there, pray for us, because my hope and desire is that we finish the entire Book of Romans, really, uh, in this uh, uh, radio show. Uh, We're approaching the end of this uh, um, show. Uh, You've been listening to Let Us Reason, and we were talking uh, from the first chapter of Romans. We invested the time today on uh, verses 14, 15, and 16. And really, most of the time was invested in 16. So be praying for God to utilize this in your life and your ministry in reaching out to the lost. Until we meet again, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.